The following episode of The Book Guys is rated explicit for content and may contain lots and lots of violence. Constant readers waiting for you. And all those book reviews you do. Books, audiobooks, and audio dramas. And podcasts too. Well, it is April Fool's Day, and I had to do something, so this is The Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves, better known as... Paul the Book Guy! And joined, as always, by... Greg Ott! Oh, as always? As That's always. Nice. You guys forgot the last two weeks. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to forgive that. <laughs> and, and Sir Jimmy. Sir Jimmy. How you doing? Yeah, greetings and salutations, listeners. How you doing? And we are joined today, and we did play the Book Girls jingle just for a lark, but uh, we are joined today by uh, a potential future book girl, Chantal Gratin. How are you? Great, thanks. Very good. Chantal, you are the editor-at-large at thekit.ca? Yes. And uh, and some of our listeners may recognize you as uh, one of the beauty, if not the beauty expert on the Maryland Dennis Show. (laughs) (laughs) And you're also an author. Yes. A woman of many talents. (laughs) <laughs> I try. And, and we're also joined by a special guest, uh, author Adam Wilson. Hello, Adam. Hi. How you doing? I'm pretty good, although I'm a little disappointed I didn't get cool intro music like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we, we do try, but you know, we, uh, we tried to lock up Jeff Smith in, in, a, in a basement and make him jingles for everyone that comes on the show, and he wouldn't, you know, he escaped. Can I just, <laughs> maybe I should just do one for myself. Wilson. That'll like work. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Wilson uh, is the author of Flat Screen, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Really, really enjoyed that. And he is, uh, he is, uh, as we all are, sacrificing the uh, you know the first uh, episode of uh, Game of Thrones happening right now. <laughs> so Adam, yeah. I know, yeah, I know, everybody better appreciate the sacrifice that we're making. That's week. right. I know all our listeners. We're gonna look. I'm gonna look at the stats. All our listeners are gonna be listening in podcast format. They're all going to the podcast. There's nobody listening live tonight. <laughs> so, so Adam, uh, tell us a little bit about flat screen in your own words, because I probably walked all over your book uh, when I talked about. It. I really enjoyed it, but uh, let's hear a little little bit about it from yourself. Well, um, you know, it's it's a book. Um, it's it's set in in contemporary America, I think it's a very contemporary book, and um, it's, it's set in, in the suburbs of Massachusetts, where I grew up, um, and it's about a young man who I think um, has a lot of trouble getting getting off the couch, um, and and has a family that seems to be falling apart, and, and has no real direction in the world, and then he befriends an elderly gentleman who uh, is a former TV star and they get in a lot of trouble together. Um, Indeed they do. And, and, and yeah. And then there's a lot of other stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a lot of drug use as well. <laughs> that, a lot that, of drug use, yeah. <laughs> that further gets them into even more trouble. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a little Viagra in a, in a football stadium. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, people people seem to really have picked up on that scene, um, which which I guess is good. It's like, it's a lasting image, hopefully. 
I think that's going to be uh, definitely an image in the trailer when the, the book right, uh, the movie rights are signed. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. Right, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. So, so they get into a, a whole lot of trouble, and um, I have to ask you, uh, is it Eli, Eli Schwartz? Am I getting it right, Eli? He, Eli Schwartz, yeah. Um, he's a, he, do you, are you a chef? Do you cook? I do, yeah. Okay, I love, cook. um, I love cooking too, and I just uh, you wrote uh, his love of of uh, cooking just so well. I I, I kind of figured that you were probably a, a gourmet uh, cook yourself. I do love to cook, and and I think like Eli, when I first started writing the book, I was spending a lot of time just sort of wandering around Whole Foods, um, <laughs> which was a inspiring <laughs> place for me. Okay, in terms of. And at least in terms of eavesdropping on people, um, but um, yeah, no, I like to, I love to cook, and I and and I also felt like I wanted I wanted Eli to to be good at something. Yeah, it's, it's I, pretty I, much I the only thing like he's I good was, at. As an author, I was being very cruel to him and sort of, you know, not you know, not giving him much um, in terms of positive aspects of his life, um, and I I thought. You know, he should at least have something he's good at. Um, <laughs> His one redeeming quality, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think he has other redeeming qualities. I don't know, and, you know, but um, but in terms of just something he, he actually kind of loves and cares about. Yeah, and he excelled um, at, yeah. Now, I have to ask you, the, the, the elderly gentleman he meets later, uh, yeah. early on in the book, actually, but... Uh, uh, now, Greg, the book guy, likes to do something he calls uh, IMDb dumpster diving, where he'll he'll, oh, yeah. he'll, he'll go in and <laughs> and uh, right, Greg, you'll go in and take a look at some of these character actors and what they've done. Is 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 this, this character is it based on a real um, actor, or did you do some IMDb uh, dumpster diving for this? No, um, he's not based on anyone real. Um, he's actually based on, in many ways, he's based on. Um, a character from Saul Bellows, The Adventures of Augie March. Okay. Um, and um, I, I think in my original conception of the book, I sort of, I sort of had this um, idea that 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 this book would would somehow be in some ways a contemporary version of that novel. Um, and and then it didn't end up being that, which is probably a really good thing. <laughs> So I don't think that would have worked out. But a couple of things from that stuck, and one was this character Khan, who is sort of based on this character Einhorn in um, in in the Bella book, um, who is also a, a, in a wheelchair and is a sort of sort of bad right. mentor to Augie. Um, and um, and actually, uh, uh, Eli's brother Benji is also sort of based on Augie's brother uh, Simon. But. Um, I, I had a lot of fun making up the movies, and 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 it was fun to sort of you know some of the, I knew I wanted some of the movies to be real and some to be made up, and that it would be a kind of fun game for the reader to try and figure out which was which. Um, a lot of a lot of people sort of came back and thought that all the movies had been real and they just hadn't heard of them. But yeah, I I, I did uh, actually Google one because you do sprinkle them throughout the the throughout the book. And uh, the, quite of your a lot of your references to movies are actual movies, and I did catch. I can't remember which one I caught that it, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I thought that would be kind of fun to you know, you know. I I think I think the joke in some ways was that the title of movies these days 
have become so ridiculous sometimes that it's very hard to tell them from parodies of right. themselves. <laughs> <laughs> So your your book is out now. Uh, I know I read it when it was in advanced reader, but uh, you're out in uh, came out last month. Yeah, it came out about a little over a month ago. Yeah, flat screen is on the shelves. And uh, where can people uh, find out more about your work, Adam? I know I know you're dying to get back to that uh, Game of Thrones. So we're not going to everyone uh, yeah. everyone's in your living room with the you know the PVRs on pause. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got a couple of people out there waiting for me, but I but I cooked for them beforehand, so. I can't be too impatient. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. I have a website, adamzwilson.com. Okay. And all your stuff's Thanks. there? Sorry? And that's where uh, all your stuff is? All your, your books? All your. Yeah, all your my work? stuff. And, um, and I'm also, at the moment, I don't, I don't know if any of your viewers, I suspect, maybe watch Mad Men as well. Um, but I'm also writing for the Paris Review website, a weekly column about. Mad Men. Oh, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Oh, yeah. That's, All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I have a weekly, I write a letter to Don Draper from the future every week. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can check that out at theparisreview.org. Um, I will do. You know, I will put a link on the, on the site in the show notes for sure. I'm going to read some of this. <laughs> Absolutely. And believe me, we understand about having a Game of Thrones party. We're big fans here on the on the podcast of uh, George R. R. Martin's work. And uh, Ken... Yeah. Can't wait to see how they convert it to the, the small screen again. I am I am very excited. <laughs> and uh, flat screen, Adam Wilson. Adam, we, we'll let you go. You got to go get okay. that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. You know what? Come back. We'll, we'll get you on some other time when Game of Thrones isn't on. Okay. <laughs> In fact, we're, we're considering changing our, our record date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Adam. Really love the book. Thank, thank you. you. Keep writing. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will. Mr. Paul. That's me. Hi. You know, there's one thing that I wanted to say just at the end there when you said we are all big fans of Mr. George R. R. Martin's work. And now you know, as I'm walking around, we we converse during the day. You know that I'm not fond of book four at all. <laughs> You're losing it with him, eh? I'm, I'm <laughs> ready to pull the shoot at, at chapter 40 out of 46. Well, you might want to explain to the constant readers why you're upset with uh, George R. R. Martin with uh, episode four. I'm I'm not big on book four so far. I'm I'm planning on getting through all five before too long, but book four to me has been method far too methodical, f- boring and long winded, and it doesn't involve any of the characters that I've grown to care anything about. Ah. there you go. There you go. There it is. There it is. I said it. Let the slings <laughs> and arrows come. I know I'm going to hear about it on Wednesday too, but that's that's, that's my opinion. It's it, you can't introduce characters and then it, two chapters later kill them. That's just ridiculous with the with the method of writing that he has, where he's overly um, overly descriptive. He, he creates this massive backstory for every character. If you're going to introduce a character, have 18 pages of descriptive backstory and then kill them two pages later. <laughs> I think that's no part of the whole uh, George R. R. Martin thing is that and any, no one is safe. Everyone can die. That's that's to me, that's wasteful. And I know it's going to be seven books long. So I'm assuming that being most of the way through book four, I should have now uh, met 90% of all the characters. You can, it just makes no sense. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's a I slaughter. Mean, All the characters are going down in flames. It's <laughs> oh, the horror. <laughs> well, there, hopefully, I'm hope I have. Big hopes for it, you know. Well, maybe it's a good thing that he's killing off all these new characters he's introducing. And, you know, maybe he's not killing all the ones that you're hoping to to hear more from. Mr. Paul, I'm not even saying he's killing off characters. If he was killing off characters on a a steady rate, that would be exciting. It's it's becoming monotonous and and boring. And and, and I'm sorry. That's my opinion. Like I said. But let's continue on with the show. (laughs) All right. Well, just don't presume to to tell everybody that I'm a big fan of his work. So far, I'm a big fan of the show and books one through three. Okay, we'll leave it at that then. There you go. Uh, Chantel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm well. Uh, I believe you, you have a book you want to talk about, and I'm sure we could also talk about some of your books. Uh, you've written two now? Yes, two. And uh, did you want, oh, wait, we'll talk about uh, this one first. Fiction. 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 <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, what are we talking about? The book I just read? Absolutely. I just read The Lover's Dictionary by David Levithan. And um, he's written several books. He writes a lot for, um, he writes a lot in the YA genre, so young adult. But this one is, a, is an adult book. And it's, um, he writes it like dictionary entries. So, each entry is just a random word and he kind of goes through. So there's probably a handful or a dozen for each letter in the alphabet. So, and, so uh, each entry is a, like a paragraph or is that a, a chapter? It's, it is a, its own chapter, I guess. But some are like three lines long and some wow. are maybe, you know, um, a page. But it's kind of defining his relationship. So the story is um, written from the male perspective and it's a guy and a girl who have been dating, you kind of get through the entries for about two years and it's you you realize early on that the, the um, relationship has sort of broken down. So he he's kind of feel like it's his emotions basically towards her and to, towards their relationship. And I'm, so I, I'm looking here. It's a short, it's a short book. Yeah, really short. And I actually think it speaks to a lot of people who have no attention span now because, uh, because it's so short. You can't, you can just pick it up whenever because it's like reading tweets basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, which is sad, but true, but it, but it's done really well. It's sometimes those kind of ways of writing can be a little too gimmicky, right? Because it's like, just tell the story. But I think it actually really works in this way. And I, it's pretty original. Yeah. And you, you know what? I have a little clip here from, uh, I got to tell everybody about Audible. Uh, for all our constant readers who haven't heard it yet, because they're probably sick of me spieling on about Audible, but uh, I've been a Audible user for years. And uh, it's one of the ways you can uh, digest a book while on the go, while on the run. They have over 100,000 titles, including, apparently, The Lover's Dictionary. And I was, I was only saying it was a short book because, uh, although I haven't read it, I just saw that uh, on Audible, it's only a two-hour listen. And uh, that appears to be the unabridged. So uh, That is short. That is short. I mean, that's something you could, on, on your commute on the way to work and back from work, a lot of people have one-hour commutes, they could uh, get one extra book in that week, uh, The Lover's Dictionary, and you can get it free. Uh, just for trying it out, uh, bookguys.ca slash audible or audibletrial.com slash bookguys. And uh, let's listen to a little bit of this. It's interesting because they got two readers for this book. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing that it's going back and forth between, like you said, between the two uh, 
yes. Actually, that is interesting because maybe that is the point of the book, (laughs) but you don't realize that. (laughs) Let's take a listen. We'll find out. In the long view, did it matter that we shared this? Did it matter that we both drank coffee at night and both happened to go to Barcelona the summer after our senior year? In the long view, was it such a revelation that we were both ticklish and that we both liked dogs more than cats? Really, weren't these facts just placeholders until the long view could truly assert itself? We were painting by numbers, starting with the greens, because that happened to be our favorite color. And this, we figured, had to mean something. Alfresco, adverb. We couldn't stand the city one minute longer, so we walked right into the rent-a-car place, no reservation, and started our journey upstate. As you drove, I called around, and eventually I found us a cabin. We stopped at a supermarket and bought a week's worth of food for two nights. It wasn't too cold out, so we moved the kitchen table outside. The breeze kept blowing out the candles. But that didn't matter, because for the first time in our relationship, there were plenty of stars above us. The wine set the tone of our conversation. Languid, tipsy, earthy. I love dining al fresco, you said, and I laughed a little. What? you asked, and I said, we're not naked, silly. Now it was your turn to laugh. That's not what it means, you told me. And anyway, don't you feel naked now? You fell quiet, gestured for me to listen. The sound of the woods, the feel of the air, the wine settling in my thoughts. The sky so present, and you, watching me take it all in. Naked to the world, the world naked to us. Aloof, adjective. It has always been my habit, ever since junior high school, to ask that question, what are you thinking? It is always an act of desperation, and I keep on asking, even though I know it will never work the way I want it to. Anachronism. Noun. I'll go get the horse and buggy, you'll say. And I'll say, but I thought we were taking the hovercraft. Anthem. Noun. It was our sixth, maybe seventh date. I had cooked and you had insisted on doing the dishes. You wouldn't even let me dry. Then, when you were done, smelling of suds, you sat back down and I poured you another glass of cheapish wine. You put your legs in my lap and slouched, as if we'd just had a feast for thousands and you'd been the only chambermaid on duty to clean it up. There was a pause. I was still scared by every gap in our conversation, fearing that this was it, the point where we had nothing left to say. So there you go, back and forth. Interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> I feel like I have a different perspective on the book, but you, I, I mean, I read it um, on my Kindle. I don't know how you would know that it goes back and forth between voices. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been uh, just another dimension they added after. You know. Yeah. I, I love the multi multi voice uh, audiobooks, uh, especially like uh, the the Time Traveler's uh, Wife by Audrey Niefenegger was really well done. Uh, because that book was pretty distinctly uh, split up between uh, the two main characters, and uh, they had uh, you know a guy and a girl do different voices 
for the budget. That always that always does work better when you only have two characters. When you do something like like uh, when they did Enders, right? That where you have like so many voices. Oh, I I, I would beg to disagree. Each, each of those chapters was being written from that character's perspective. So mm, so okay. when yeah. okay maybe Enders wasn't the best example, but when you have two characters, yeah when there's too many yeah male, it, it's confusing it, absolutely. But but you could Roy, tell Roy Detrice who's doing who's doing Game of Thrones. He's trying to do female voices. That doesn't work. He's so phenomenal. He's phenomenal at. Uh, he's doing phenomenal, reading. but it's it. Okay, oh, go back. I, <laughs> I stepped on your. I stepped on your thing again. What? What did you step on? No, I'm just saying. Roy oh, Detrice we were a good talking reader. about your book, and then we brought it back to Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back back Sorry. to Chantel's book. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I think that you're right, though. It's interesting when you hear it, because I think some books can really work with um, hearing the characters come alive. And some some you can just lose it. I think that what happens, too, is sometimes they need to think about it when they're because if there's too much dialogue back and forth and you can't hear the distinction between who's talking right. and you listen for too long, you, you kind of lose track of who's talking. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just in case uh, folks are wondering at home, uh, uh, Sir Jimmy is not being quiet. Uh, Skype has killed him off. <laughs> he's a casualty of Skype. Yeah, and, and just because I know he's not a Game of Thrones fan, he hasn't snuck off to go watch the premiere. So, <laughs> and we were also, Chantel, we were going to have uh, your friend Emma Cunningham on. And uh, I, 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 please remind, uh, remind me how you knew Emma. Uh, Emma took one of my courses, a post-grad program in um, book and magazine publishing. And I was her instructor, which makes me feel very old. But I like to think I was a young instructor and that she maybe didn't come right from university. I have no proof of that, but I'm going to believe that. Well, I'm going with young instructor. I mean, uh, there, was, there were things that uh, we were doing. I went to Humber College and uh, things we did with our instructors that, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave that for another show. <laughs> Let's just say the smoke I, breaks were I interesting. Took, <laughs> I took bartending at Humber, and and yeah, things we did with our bartending instructor was uh, well because a lot of them weren't weren't awesome. uh, much off, uh, you know, in, in age than from us. I'm just I'm helping you out here, Chantel. Thank you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> especially it was, it was awesome, especially if you were able to somehow manage to not get the credit in bartending because you didn't show up enough because it was the day after pub night, and then you had to take it in night school where you got an even more lax. <laughs> instructor <laughs> the best yeah but emma, emma was gonna make it today she's also she's having uh computer issues i believe uh or skype issues but uh chantelle you you're also a writer yeah also an author and do you want to tell us about uh tell the constant listeners about uh, your books sure well i write women's fiction uh which is of course an interesting label i always find but it's the only way you can tell someone i guess that it's i'm i'm a woman writing about a female character and mostly women are going to read the books. So that's right. sort of the gist of it, I guess. Um, I wrote my first book in 2007. It's called Stuck in Downward Dog about a girl who's um, having a quarter life crisis. So it's that time in your life when you're 25 and you've finished university and you feel like your life should be starting, but she lives in a basement apartment. She has a job she hates that has nothing to do with what she went to school for. Her boyfriend has just left her. Um, and all of her friends are kind of moving ahead with their life and she's sort of stuck in a rut. Um, so she tries to go through changing her life. Right. So she thinks like she makes this list of everything she thinks she should be doing and kind of goes through it. And in part of that, she does yoga, um, 
thinking this is going to, you know, enlighten her in some way, which right. is kind of the name of the book. Nice. Um, yeah. So sounds, uh, would you, would you kind of put it in the same category as maybe like a Bridget Jones diary or something like that? Some, some were, Yes, and I think I got a review on that um, that came out in uh, one of the papers saying it's like a Canadian Bridget Jones's diary. Um, That's that's good. I'll take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And uh, how often are you on the Marilyn Dennis show? I noticed uh, you have your own little page there and... I'll be honest with you, I'm not a constant reader or watcher (laughs) of the Marilyn Dennis show. That's also a very highly female audience, as you might imagine. Um, but it's a great show, and uh, I've been a Marilyn Dennis fan for years. And it's, you know, I think her show is really great now that she has her own show, and it's in the second season. Um, and so I'm on usually once a week or once every other week, um, talking about mostly beauty products and. Um, things like that, but also, you know, some travel and lifestyle and gift guides. So, um, it's fun. Well, it's, that's kind of why we do an audio podcast. We don't want to deal with, uh, makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. This was much uh, more relaxed than when I have to go there and it's about like five hours of getting ready for five minutes on the air. <laughs> right. People, people don't realize how much makeup goes into, and, and I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I took film and television in, 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 at Humber College, and I've, I've worked at YTV and a couple other places. I realized how much makeup went into uh, to preparation to, for a television show, and that was before HD. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aging myself here now, but uh, that was before HD, and I, and I can imagine how much more uh, preparation must uh, you know HD has caused. I th- I think so too. <laughs> I know when I when I was working at YTV, the, uh, they were on the cusp of about to introduce the HD cameras, and we're talking like the prototypes, right. and they were throwing out every set they have because if you looked at the set, if you were up in, in real life standing in front of it, it was all dinged up, and you know the the set hands would would scuff them up and they'd bang them around. You couldn't do that for HD. You couldn't have all these dings on the wood, <laughs> you know, because you could see everything. Yes, so they had to get in like Finnish carpenters now to do the work. It couldn't be just you know Joe Joe Blow slapping blue you know paint onto a uh, mucked up uh, piece of wood. You had to have a nice smooth finish, uh, you know, and the same thing for the human beings on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, I'm very happy for the makeup artists that work there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, but we're going to stick with audio podcasts for a little while longer. Okay. Five or six more years. As the saying goes, I have, a, I have a face for radio. <laughs> That's right. We have faces for radio. <laughs> uh, brilliant. But Chantel, you know, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're doing books. Uh, you're saying are w- women fiction, and and it's kind of the reason why I was thinking of of putting this together. And and now we're doing the book girls show, and not because. I can't read a book that a, a you know a woman book or a woman can't read a uh, you know a, a what would be considered a typically male book, but just because there is a difference, <laughs> and you know uh, there are books that it would be very rare to find a man that would come on the show and talk to us uh, about that book, um, and there are differences, and and you know and it's not saying that Emma Cunningham can't come on the Book Girl Show and talk about the latest Tom Clancy or you know Greg Rucka's Alpha, uh, you know something with people shooting each other. Right. That, that's not the point. But the, the point is that uh, there's a lot of women that do tune, turn into uh, the Book Guys show. They enjoy the books that we're listening to and uh, we're discussing. But we do get that email once in a while. Well, we did before. 
can you guys cover some romance novels? <laughs> and <laughs> quite frankly, I've been, uh, I don't think I've found a book guy yet that wants to, you know, delve into the romance. Right. So No, not me. <laughs> so we're kind of going to be drawing the line in the sand. The book girl show starts up soon. Uh, we're going to sort that, all that out soon. And the book guys show, but we will have a sort of exchange program, kind of like what we're doing now, where uh, one of us will go on the book girl show and one of the girls can come on the book guys show and sort of keep each other honest. That's fun. Yeah. And it's interesting to have the other perspective when, when someone is interested, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Having the male and female perspective, uh, you know, absolutely. Yes. And that's kind of why I really enjoy sword and laser. You, you following me here, Greg? I'm following you. We're I got it. First train to Segwayville here. So that's why I like uh, Sword and Laser. Tom Merritt and, uh, and, and Veronica Belmont do that show every week. And their audio show is becoming a video show soon on Felicia Day's YouTube network. And uh, next, coming soon on the show, I believe it could be next Sunday, uh, we will have Tom and Veronica on to discuss that and their new upcoming uh, video show, which is exciting. And uh, you can join them on Goodreads. They have a Sword and Laser Goodreads group, and you can also join our group, the uh, Book Guys and Book Girls. We're all kind of jammed into one Goodreads group, so we can all mingle. Uh, we have other upcoming guests next week. We have uh, we have Nick Nick Orsini actually two weeks from now on April fifteenth, uh, author. And uh, we're also going to have Seth Harwood on an April twenty second for the whole show, and we are retitling that episode Palm Sunday. We're going to be talking about Jack Palms, the Jack Palm series for the whole show, pretty much. It's going to be all Jack Palms, all the time. And we are going to... What you got there, Greg? I heard you have some uh, kids' books you were checking out with uh, the kids. Well, you, you were nice enough to get me a copy of Right Where, I, right where You Are Now uh, by Lisa Montierth and illustrated by Ashley Burke. My daughter, for some reason, loves this. She loves this book. Uh, I'd like to discuss it. So it's basically what we have is a book and it has, uh, as you open it up, each, uh, we'll call them the odd pages. So the left-hand panel is going to talk about some condition that happens in the world right now. Say, for instance, it'll say right where you are right now, right where you are now, quiet streets twist together but once. And then you look at the opposite page and it says... It was lava that twisted for miles. Fissures opened and molten rivers poured out. The lava flowed across the land and melted things down <laughs> right where you are now. So there's a lot of repetition. I'm sure that that's very good cool. for teaching children vocabulary. And, and the, the repetition uh, you know, is something that I see a lot in her books. And, and I understand that that's a tool that they use. So it's, it's really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. The kids like to read that to each other. They they enjoy to. Uh, I, I do have a ten year old who likes to read it. The six year old when when I don't do it, and uh, it's good. It's, it's lengthy as well. It's it's uh, it doesn't the pages aren't numbered, but there are quite a few of them. A little bit longer than your typical children's novel. It's not too difficult. The vocabulary isn't fantastically hefty for uh, a six or seven year old. The 10-year-old breezes through it easily. And uh, there's only one thing I have to say about this. Did you know that all the dinosaurs that they taught us about when we were kids never existed? <laughs> okay. If there was one thing I, I wish that they had done in this is they had maybe given me a phonetic spelling of some of the dinosaurs that they were going to – because all of a sudden you start talking about the dinosaurs and I couldn't pronounce them. 
<laughs> and I thought I was good with my dinosaurs. But uh, no. Like I said, all the dinosaurs that you and I learned about and they wrote about when we were kids, they didn't actually exist. They have a whole new set of dinosaurs. So no, no brontosaurus. <laughs> no, they have new things. Now, they do give you a nice little uh, legend at the back and a visual dictionary. Um, and, and in that section, they do have the phonetic spelling uh, of these or the pronunciation of these animals, which is uh, good because I'm going to go with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of eight. I didn't know how to pronounce. <laughs> I've never all. heard of these things before in my life. Oh, and there you go. I consider myself fairly educated. I have I have a podcast all of my own, and oh, I mean, I share a podcast with some people, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, but it's it's good. It's a decent read, and, and the kids uh, they've got some repetition out of it. Has some educational did, value. Did you catch you when when you couldn't pronounce them? Did you call you out? <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> she did. <laughs> She's pretty bright for a six year old. Uh, but it's uh, the the added uh, benefit to this is it it is educational. It's not just uh, you know um, a fairy tale. It does have some actual. Um, it could even you might even be able to say that this is your first for, child's first foray into um, learning about the Earth and maybe being more sensitive to Earth issues. You know, with it being Earth Hour this past weekend, you know that's something that uh, my kids are growing up with. Which something that we didn't we weren't certainly cultured about in our. You know, we were talking about Mad Men before. I grew up in that, you know, smoking in an airplane and smoking in church and that type of thing. We didn't care about the earth. We threw our diapers wherever the hell they, we wanted to. This is a different generation now, and they're, we're growing them up early. We're educating them early. Yeah. Good book. <laughs> right Where You Are Now by uh, Lisa Montierth. Yeah. It was decent. There you go. And we'll put uh, some links on the show notes. You know, we always put show notes up now. Now, there's actually a separate show notes section on the site. Uh, just uh, talking back and forth here with Emma. And Emma just bought a new MacBook. She's very happy with it, except for the fact that uh, she just realized there's no uh, microphone jack on it. <laughs> and my reply to her was, your microphone is not USB. <laughs> we have to get her a USB microphone. Oh. <laughs> so she's been actually using, like, the microphone jack on the side. And she just realized she didn't have a hole to plug her uh, microphone into who knew that's too bad who knew i know i know previously the the macbooks had a single plug that would work as either headphones or microphone so if you need headphones and microphone if you have like a logitech uh setup that doesn't work <laughs> i now you know that the ones on the macbook what, what's the one that i have the uh, airport express that's also uh optical ah which yeah. she has a Pro XLR mic. A Pro XLR mic, uh, you can get a USB. I'm, I'm actually responding to Emma live, oh, that's live on the air. It's, it's nice. Why don't you tweet some stuff and tell us about that while you're doing it as well? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Why don't we go on? Let's well, let's do our book hey, news can we, now. Can we, we do a Greg, Greg, you say you have an optical? We could do the Think Geek Guide in the Week. We could do – I have – okay, I have the Airport Express. It's the little one. It kind of looks like a power bar for for you people who have a Max. It just looks like a little white cube plugs into the wall. It's – not only is it an audio jack, but it's also optical if you have optical speakers. Right. Yeah, I think uh, on the 15-inch Pro, all, all the 
All the standard plugs are also uh, audio uh, optical. I think it's getting to be standard with most of the Macs. Yeah. So we can go on to... Let's do it. Book news. We're going to do some quick book news. I uh, actually wanted to do a Think Geek Item of the Week, didn't you? I really did. All right. I, really I got one, too. I got one, too. So all right. Let's do it. All right. I'll, I can take that back. We'll, we'll edit it in post. Just uh, Chantel, we never edit anything. <laughs> we just go right ahead to, for the... The Think Geek Item of the Week from thinkgeek.com. All you got to do is go to bookguys.ca slash thinkgeek. Click on any of the banners there. You will get uh, some special offers. Uh, thinkgeek has notified me that they are going to be giving more special offers that are going to be exclusive to their affiliates like us and sponsors. Uh, so uh, that's where you go. And uh, I have a really good one here. Greg, let me start off with the their April Fool's joke of the day. Uh, ThinkGeek does an April Fool's joke every year. And quite often these actually become products. Now, I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> Big Mouth Billy Bass, huge in the 80s. <laughs> it was this uh, rubber fish, animatronic fish. That would sing. What was the song it would sing? Oh, I totally Don't. remember this. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Right. I, <laughs> so I totally, I totally just threw one of those out yesterday, and I told my in-laws that I threw one out, and they said, "Why'd you throw it out? We would have taken it." I was like, "Who well, takes these things?" You know, apparently they're hackable, and I think what what Thinkgeek has done is they've hacked one and had someone uh, re-rubber the the fish and added. So this is the Star Wars Admiral Akbar singing bass. Uh, here, let me just start playing the video here. So the video, it's really funny. Just go through to bookguys.ca slash thinky, click on it, and uh, click on the Akbar. You got Darth Vader's in his garage. He's just loving the music. <laughs> and of course, eventually, Akbar says, it's a trap. <laughs> so this is uh, uh, obviously, a, it's their April Fools for the Day. But uh, quite often, they become uh, products. If enough people uh, you know, uh, chime in and say, we would like to buy it, uh, they have the product manufactured, which is kind of cool. And what you got there, Greg? What'd you find oh, on Think You know Geek? what? I'm really, really scared and worried that the one that I'm picking now, because it's so freaking cool that it's an April Fool's joke as well. well click on buy now and you'll find out. Oh, okay. Hold on. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. My daughter and I are sitting here. We totally you guys are ready on this. Oh my god! Are you ready to order it? <laughs> okay. Fair. All right. All right. Unfortunately, right. it's fiction, so fiction. This, fiction. It is fiction. <laughs> Damn you! All right, enough from you. All right, the Technomancer Digital Wizard hoodie. How cool would this be? All right, so it's a hoodie, and depend. It has. Uh, depending on the motions that you make with your arms, the loose sleeves, the LEDs in the loose sleeves would make different colors and create a different sound to make it sound as if you were making a spell. Oh, okay. Harry Potter fans <laughs> this everywhere. This is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you did the Ryukin like that, you got <laughs> the picture of the guy. Your 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 loose sleeves turn red, and it gives you the. And it even has LEDs up in the collar, so that if you have the hoodie up, your your skull would. All right. What's what's their uh, supposed retail on this April Fool's joke? Well, it was one hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> which seemed. Re- oh, I feel so, such a. Fool. <laughs> 
Well, maybe by by this time next month, it might be on sale at ThinkGeek. And that was this huh? week's. <laughs> let's let's move on to book news. That was this week's. The Think Geek item of the week from ThinkGeek.com. Can't you call your buddy Scott Best? Book news. Book news, my friend. Did I call my buddy a what? Can't you call your buddy at Scotty Vest and put in a word? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. With a million pockets, that'd be a great item. Okay. Oh, book news. Oh, well, do you remember, uh, Greg, we talked to uh, or Chris, Chris the Book Guy, Jager, which, by the way, happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday, Chris. Chris is in London, Ontario now, and he's taking a hiatus from the show, but happy birthday. Uh, it was uh, Chris the Book Guy, Jager, who brought uh, this, the book Born to Run. Yes. To, to us. And if you remember, that was the one I, the podcast album art I put uh, Bruce Springsteen on. Uh, but the, the long distance runner, Micah True, who the book was about, um, vanished uh, four days earlier, was found. Uh, he was found dead in uh, the New Mexico's Gila National Forest. Um, just no, no, uh, no evidence of him being uh, assaulted, no damage. Looks like he might have just had a heart attack uh, while doing his run. Isn't that contrary to what the book was about? I thought when Chris told us about that book that they basically had the best cardiovascular system. Well, of he, any he he went tribe. and he saw this tribe and he he was doing all his running and I'm still. Well, he didn't belong <laughs> to the tribe. This was the tribesman, or this is the dude who wrote the book. This is the 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 man who the book was about, Micah Truer, Micah True. So uh, he's uh, they still haven't figured out. He's fifty. He's fifty eight year, years old, but uh, it's really young for. For someone who is in such good, uh, you know, physical shape as he is, okay, hmm. it's too bad. And we also have a former Goldman Sachs executive, uh, this gentleman who uh, Greg Smith. He was the guy who uh, who left, and uh, he was all over the news talking bad about uh, about the firm and that he had all this uh, information about it. Well, apparently, he's now signed his book deal for <laughs> one point five million dollars, which for a former Goldman Sachs guy. That's just, you know, cigar money. <laughs> but truth so. be known, that's my secret here. That's that's my secret intent is to do like, you know, two or three hundred episodes with you, Paul, and then <laughs> just start talking crap and sign a book deal so I can <laughs> Paul the tell book guy about reveals. The yeah, the Paul the book guy's behind the scenes. <laughs> okay. My, my, t- my $10 advance. And well, let me, I, I should probably then start doing some more like strange stuff just so, you know, maybe we can split this somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I can start like doing drugs and stuff just so I can split that book deal with you. Really cheap drugs, man. Really cheap. <laughs> I don't think the advance on that one's going to be very much. <laughs> okay, so not the expensive stuff. I don't you you got a story in. There you go. Remember when we were kids and we were watching Star Trek and everybody had like first they had tablets. And then they were there walking around and they had something, you know, that I want the cubes that Captain Kirk had the cube. that you'd plug into his Perfect. tablet. Yep. All <laughs> these things, right? We're one step closer. Digital paper. LG is going to be uh, releasing sometime in the next week. They're going to be releasing uh, electronic paper display. EPD is what they're calling it. And you're going to be able to read your newspapers on a piece of film that is 0.7 millimeters thick, which is just slightly thicker than your cell phone protection film, if you're one of those people who puts the little okay. film on top of your iPhone. Uh, six inches uh, square with a display of 1024 by 768. So similar to 
your e-ink technology. Did you say six inches square? Six inches square. So right now they're making – the bit largest that they're making it is six inches. Oh, okay. This square. is kind of like when, when the LCD screen started. I guess they don't have the technology to make a flawless, you know, eight and a half right. by 11. Okay. Right, right. Well, they, they probably – I don't know. Maybe they do, but, you know, you don't have the 18 gajillion dollars that it would take to buy it. Right. So it's just one of those really cool things that, you know, we're on the cusp of seeing – I think a lot of people would use this. Chantel, would you use something like this? A, a sheet of paper you could carry around with you? I, d- I can't really visualize this. I'm not sure I understand why. Like, I, I, yeah. why, why I guess it would have instead to be, of your iPad? It would have to, well, well it would probably be like lot, your Kobo, but... You it would be a lot or, thinner and lighter. Or, or, or your Kindle, but thinner and lighter. You, so, could have, you could have two or three pages and they'd all... You know, you still have that pay. I don't know. I don't know what. Better and lighter than my Kindle. I so yeah. this is the thing. I feel like I'm so intrigued by all these things, and that I and I always think, oh, I'm gonna downsize. This is gonna be so much easier. So I used to bring my laptop whenever I was traveling, and you know, you're it's so cumbersome. So then I was like, I'll get the iPad, and I have my Kindle, and then my iPhone, and then I start to be like, how many devices am I now carrying with me at all times? Like plus my yeah. iPod. So it feels like then you just want more and more. Because they all still have a function. I think this is all a plot right. by the people that make man purses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this is going to be something that's extremely thin. And one of the advantages to this, and I'm sure that you you can relate to this, Paul, is is that when you drop it, it has the it has the it's paper. Weight, it'll, it'll it has float the to the ground. Paper, so it, it's <laughs> okay. it's much more durable. It's not going to fall and drop and break. Whereas, how many times have you? We, you know, We've broken a lot of a, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what was the statistic? It's like ninety some odd percent of all broken iPads were a result of a fall, right? You know, the ones that weren't manufactured defects. I gotta say, this is a pretty cool. I mean, as it gets thinner, like I mean, have you have you seen the, you saw the the reboot of uh, Battlestar Galactica, the TV series? Uh, it was well done, but um, it was the sequel, the prequel, uh, Caprica. There was right. a lot of use of this uh, paper technology in it, and it was really cool just watching people. And and the, in that case, they were foldable. So someone had a piece of paper in their pocket, they'd unfold it, and it was like you know, twenty seven inch television. Paul, oh, we're one step closer to that magic paper that Doctor Who has. <laughs> no, no, that that one lets them get in places. That's psychic. We're still psychic working on paper. that. One. That's what you're looking for. Here you go. <laughs> so this stuff weighs fourteen grams at six inches square. Wow. So. That's that's the size. That's still. I, I know this because I've been doing a lot of mailing lately. That still will get you inside a standard mailing envelope. <laughs> so we you, mail, you still yeah. only have to pay standard stamp for that. There you go. What else? Do I, it's have? it's just one of those things. It's going to be really cool. I mean, the application for it. I mean, we, the, the here comes the technology, and then we let the other people figure out the applications. The the where they're going to put it. Where are they going to bring this? Who knows. Are they well, going to make I an could actual see this book being out of it? At that could you make size, a book out of it and then just change the whole book? You can like make a pages, you can it? make identification out of it. So rather than getting a piece of plastic with a chip on it, you could get a, a an actual piece of hardware. See, aren't we smart? There you go. It also apparently takes less electricity than e-ink. So it's it's, it's your Kobo, but fractions of a millimeter thick. I still got to see the battery. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, How do you control? I don't know. You it's know still one of those. I'll believe it when I see it in the store. I, you know the thing about the Kobo is not just not the not the display. It's it's the memory. It's the battery. It's the it's the connectivity. It's the 
It's the antennas. It's it's all these things. I keep saying Kobo. I'm sorry. That's because we're you know we're in the Canadas. But you know Kindle. <laughs> that's right. Your Kindles. Nook. Your whatever you want to. Ha- whatever you have. If you have. Shake them like you got them. Yeah, you know. You got etch, to, if you got an etch a sketch. Hoping the, to talk the, to uh, Chris, the book guy, uh, just to get an update. He's he's now had quite a few months with his uh, his uh, hacked nook. His. <laughs> His hack nook. His hack nook. So I want to see what how he's doing. Uh, we got a couple of these, and I know that you've been putting a bunch of these stories on the site. Books on film and television. Uh, the Raven, starring John Cusack as Edgar Allan Poe, coming this year, of course. And uh, the HD trailer is now up at bookguys.ca. Uh, in this thriller, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, played by Cusack, joins forces with a Baltimore detective to hunt down a serial killer. And so basically, there's a serial killer who's, who's living out uh, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe's books, his stories. So they have to call Edgar Allan Poe in to help uh, with the... It's all, this is reminding me of... Uh, what's it called? Castle. <laughs> this is right. Castle, but set in Edgar Allan Poe's time. So there's, you know, uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's called in to help the police solve crimes. I don't know. Looks pretty good, though. Cool. Uh, also, the BBC just finished the uh, Dirk Gently, the second, uh, third series, th- uh, second series, sorry, uh, three-episode season. These are the only things that only happen in England. Uh, it's a three-episode season that just finished uh, the Dirk, Dirk Gently uh, detective series. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to watch it, you can watch it on the BBC's iPlayer app. And it is based, of course, on uh, Dirk, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams. And these are all uh, loosely based, not written by uh, Douglas. I think they've already done all the stories with uh, that were written by Douglas Adams. I don't think he's writing anymore. No, no, no. No. No, he is uh, not. I have some listener feedback, and we'll get back to some I have, news. I have a, a, one more book that I wanted to discuss. I'm, this is one of those books I really wanted to talk about because it's, it's a very uh, touchy-feely book, but it has nothing to do with... Uh, film and television, which is unlike me because normally I only bring the fluff for film and television. But do you want to throw Carly's voice? Okay. Carly's voice. This is a, this is a young lady who, a young woman who um, has severe autism, not able to communicate with the outside world at all. In about 2008, her therapist start, brings in a, a laptop into the therapy session and she starts banging out single keystrokes with her finger. She starts to loosely type things out or spelling and grammar, not particularly fantastic, but she's able to communicate with people. The first thing she says is help teeth hurt. Wow. But she couldn't communicate at all. She had no, no vocabulary, no, no way of, of communicating her, her thoughts verbally at all. She's now written a book with the assistance of her dad. And uh, she's doing a cross Toronto uh, book signing this week. And I think it's fantastic. I think this is the, the best thing. And it's one of the first times wow. that we're, from, from not being able to communicate to writing a book. That's amazing. From not being able to communicate at all to actually being able to convey the emotions and thoughts of an autistic person, you know, <laughs> someone with such severe autism. I mean, autism of course comes in such, so many different horrible manifestations, you know, but I, I, I get emotional just, just thinking about, you know, how these parents must have felt when they're all of a sudden were able to get feedback from their child after, you know, 12 years 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. I, I think I, I really hope that this book does well. And um, she's certainly uh, an inspiration to many people who have disabilities. Um, I think it's, it's great. And I hope that they're able to use some of the information that they get. Maybe, she, you know, for all we know, she's going to be able to tell doctors something about what's, what treatments are working for her. You know, right, so right. they're able to key different treatments for for other patients and and gear them this way and that way and make them more improve them the sky's limits with with someone who's actually able to to assist in this manner everybody it's getting great reviews on uh, goodreads and uh go check it out if that's your type of thing and and what's the title what's the title again the title is the title is carly's voice uh, let me. There's a there's a subtitle. That's me clacking away right now. It back down. Carly's voice. Yeah, you can go to Carly's C A R L Y S voice dot com, and you can pre-order autism. right there. There's a yeah. pre-order right now up on her site. Yeah, brilliant. Sounds really incredible. Wow. Yeah, we'll definitely have to revisit this one for sure. That's brilliant. I, this is one that I might actually read. You know, I'm not good with the emotional books because I have kids and things. I'm all teary, and that's why you give me the books with the swords and the people shooting people. But <laughs> yeah, brilliant. There you go. As my electrical instructor would say, there you go. That's it. That's all I have. Unless you guys want to keep talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah, Arthur Fleischman and Carly Fleischman uh, wrote the book together. Carly'sVoice.com. Uh, I'm going to pre. I, if, you know what? If we weren't doing a show right now, I'd pre-order. But I will afterwards. Uh, let's get some listener feedback in. And we usually have uh, Sir Jimmy here, Chantel. He does this uh, little tweety noise for us because uh, we don't have a jingle for it. But uh, I didn't get I didn't get to write down too many of the tweets this week. Uh, but I did have one. I want to make it official uh, from Jasem Almulia. Hang on. I'm going to try that again. Jasem Almula. He says, I just want to say I'm from Kuwait and I love you guys and love books so much and I'm proud of your efforts. Keep it up. And then uh, then he chimed in with, I want to be the top Arabian fan, okay? I said, well, you're now official. Let's make it official, Greg. Jasem Almula. We should get him a t-shirt. <laughs> we should get him a t-shirt. Top Arabian fan. Top I'm, I'm Arabian writing, fan. I'm writing that Not down bad. now. T-shirt. Top Arabian fan. There you go. So, Jassam Al-Mullah, you are now officially our top Arabian fan. And you know what? The funny thing is that Jassam, uh, with him uh, chiming in on Twitter, we have a, a huge audience in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, and we never hear from them. Never. I mean, they're not on the Twitter. I don't know if, if, if the social networking just isn't uh, as, as prev- prevalent, uh, prevalent there or as it is here in Canada, the United States. But, uh, you know, our, our stats are literally Canada, USA, Saudi Arabia. You know, like Kuwait, and then like you know Germany and all everything else is uh, way at the bottom. But uh, Saudi Arabia is uh, some on some weeks. Uh, there's more people listening in Saudi Arabia than uh, excuse me than in Canada. <laughs> it's bizarre. Where are they? <laughs> so you know how you know how I feel about this. If I'm not on the show, I don't listen. So that's <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> so you know maybe people just don't know where to reach us. And uh, Chantel, where can people reach you on the internets? Uh, my website is ChantelGertan.com and um, they can watch me on the Marilyn Dennis show on Marilyn.ca. They post everything there. So, which I think is smart nowadays because who actually watches live TV anymore as we cannot right now, which is very problematic for you too. Yeah. I know. 
Uh, I know. But it's good oh. to be able to not feel like you missed. You can catch up. Game of Thrones is almost over. <laughs> Game of Thrones is over. <laughs> oh, but now you have that decision of whether or not you're going to watch it on on PVR tonight, or you're going to try to make it through tomorrow without all your friends. So you go, oh my god, did you see this? Don't tell me because I yeah, read the I know. books. You got to try to stay up. So, Mr. Greg, where can people reach you on the tweeters? Uh, Greg, the book guy at, uh, on the Twitters. And uh, you, can, you can check out what I'm doing on our Goodreads page. Uh, I'm always posting things on the book guy's website, the book guys at book, .ca. Things. Book guy, he doesn't know the name of the website, but it's – I him. have it favorited <laughs> and you keep changing it all the time anyways. It's bookguys.ca, best book podcast, paulthebookguy.com. We have so many. Bookgirls.ca will work too. And I'm Paul the Book Guy, and you can reach Sir Jimmy as Free Hollow Books on the Twitter. And uh, Jim Phillips is out and about touring the world. He is also he does also have another podcast called World Traveler Jim. So that might give you an idea of what uh, World Traveler Jim is doing. He's traveling the world. There you go. I still feel so silly for having been fooled on this April Fool's. <laughs> I should have known it was too good for the techromancer. I'm so uh, sorry. Uh, believe me, uh, originally my uh, Admiral Akbar uh, singing Bass Fish, that was... Uh, Honestly, awesome. I, I saw <laughs> I, that one as me. well, and I clicked on this one instead. <laughs> so that's what because they have, you know because they have such uh, geeky stuff in the books that they have. Uh, all this stuff is so geeky that when when something completely off the wall like that shows up on the site, and you don't realize it's April first, you know, yeah, you're absolutely you get you know, <laughs> bamboozled by it. it. Reminds me, I've got to go and catch some of the other some of the other websites that do fantastic April Fool's days, like uh, Blizzard with World of Warcraft. They always do a fantastic April Fool's Day. Uh, you know, uh, Chantel, oh, I would uh, love to did, see you uh, um, become part of the uh, Book Girls show. That would be really fun. That would be a lot of fun, and we're gonna have a group Skype with all the ladies. Uh, pretty much, I'm trying to. Uh, get my uh, grubby, greasy male hands off this as quickly as I can, <laughs> and leaving it all up to the girls. Uh, I can contribute more to girl books. <laughs> there you go, and that's exactly you know you guys do what you want, and uh, I'm not I'm staying out of it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know if anyone's actually going to be in charge over there. If you guys are just gonna, I don't know, it's going to be like Lord of the Flies. You guys figure out what the show <laughs> is about, and we'll nail that down, and we'll do that soon. And that music means it's about that time been an hour holy crap <laughs> thank you so much for joining us Chantel thank you Mr. Greg thanks for showing up thank you <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you, we'll see you next week Mr. Scott Brick's about to talk we gotta go see you next week same book time same book channel stay tuned book readers and book listeners Paul the book guy will be back next week same book time, same book channel.